Welcome to the Free Country Lounge. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Sims, who just played for us over in the conference room. How's it going, Ryan? It's a wonderful day. It's a rainy day, but I'm from Arizona, so this is wonderful. Top question for you. Yes, sir. Are you the male Taylor Swift? Oh, you know, I heard that. I, somebody wrote, when you get to a certain level, I guess, in music, other people write your bios other than you. So people have been telling me this lately, and I'm not sure who let that one get in there. I, I think I would love to be considered the male Taylor Swift because she has a lot of success, but I think that came from the fact that this current album is a relationship-based album. Okay, yeah, I was curious <laughs> because it's mentioned at the beginning end of your Facebook bio and uh, on your website. I'm like, oh, man, the male That's not embarrassing oh, at all. Oh. No, that's cool. <laughs> Does everyone poke you on that thing? It's something new. I haven't got it till this particular particular tour so somebody slid that in there and i gotta find out who <laughs> but taylor if you're listening you know, maybe we should get together you seem to be good at collaborations your album there's like a super group like a mix yeah. like who are some of the artists on this thing literally a super group kenny arnoff right now he's out with john fogarty but his fame came with john mellencamp for about 15 20 years daryl jones from the rolling stones jason slim gamble from lady annabellum and ken bollard who is the keyboard player for elton john it was pretty unreal that experience when we made this album the best idea that we had was don't don't tell them anything. We didn't give them any ideas. We didn't send them the songs first. We just sent them the tracks and said, be you. And it really came out well. It's called My Side of the Story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a breakup album, right? Yep. I went through the worst breakup of my life two weeks before I recorded this record. All that pain is really just a wonderful thing for a songwriter. So I pretty much threw away the songs I was going to record and put these seven down. You got your silver lining almost immediately on that. <laughs> exactly. And now some of the songs are on the radio, so she has to hear that, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so American Things, that's a song that's doing pretty good here in the USA. Yeah. You kind of worked backwards. You had a music video in mind, mm-hmm. and then you wrote the song. Yeah. I was in Los Angeles, and I was meeting with a video producer, and he did like Dr. Dre and Mariah Carey, all these big pop artists. We were coming up with these ideas, and it just ended up not being what I was really into. I was like, you know, man, you know what I want to do? I want to take a road trip, bring a small skeleton crew, do Route 66. And my manager's like, what song are you going to put on there? I'm like, I haven't written it yet. So, <laughs> Is there any line that you had to cut from the song? He's like, oh, it'd be too expensive to film that. <laughs> no, not at all, man. In fact, I put some lines in there specifically hoping for some corporate sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping to get some hot dogs and ice cream. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the other song, and I love this song in particular, Getaway. Yeah. Was that the first song that came to mind when you were thinking about writing this album? That song happened, I say it, it was like a yawn or a sneeze. I was in the studio with my producer. He walked out to work with the AC guy for like 15 minutes, and he came back in, and I had the chorus and two verses done and just needed the bridge to finish it. That song just came out of me. I don't know, man. I, I honestly feel like it's from somebody else or somewhere else because I, I don't feel like I wrote that song even though I did. That song and Black and Blue are both like that, so I just figured if it happens that easy, then it's got to be the right thing. Very emotional tunes. And I'm actually super interested in the Canadian aspect of this. So this is charting in Canada. (laughs) It is. I went to Canada for the first time last year. was up in Niagara Falls and heard country music. It did not occur to me that country music is popular up there. Oh, my God. It's insane. Oh, it's so popular. I guess the listeners probably don't know what CanCon is. If you write and record a song in Canada, you are considered CanCon. And the Canadian government subsidizes so much for the arts up there, but they demand that 35% of the music being spun on the radio is Canadian content music. So that gave me a leg up right away. The Canadian government really loves the arts. They push it and subsidize it, and they make sure everybody's got access to it. And I just think that's incredible. I wish we did that here. Since so many Canadian artists are going down to Nashville to kind of get that Nashville cred, they sure they're are. leaving so much Canadian dough on the plate. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Swinging. Yeah. It's crazy. When I get up there, that people are like, you're from America? How you how you uh, CanCon? I tell them the story, and they're like, well, we don't even have our artists doing that right now. <laughs> 
Everybody wants to go to Nashville, and I understand why. I really do. I mean, Nashville's a wonderful, cool place, and I enjoy being there. But the cool thing about the global community right now is that we can be anywhere we want and still get our music out to people. It's awesome. Emotion, it crosses like all boundaries. When you sang Black and Blue and talked about your relationship status of this album, like a couple people in the room were like, yeah, I feel that. Right, yeah. I know that feel. That's what I try to do as a writer is just write about the human experience or my human experience. And I figure if I'm going through it, everybody else has to as well. I'm not special. This album especially is about being very human and very raw. So hopefully people will listen to it and relate and maybe it'll help somebody. You were on X Factor, right? I was. Uh, 2011, the first season, 2011. I sang for Simon several times and Paul Abdul, Nicole Scherzinger, and L.A. Reid. A little bit of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of pressure, but Simon's not the jerk everybody says he is. He's honest. And mm-hmm. the problem is too many parents tell their kids they're great, and then they go on TV and sing, and they're not. Yeah. You know, there's a $5 million contract at stake. Simon's just going to tell you exactly how it is. And that's around the time where you started going solo, right? Was that one of your first solo things? Exactly right. I did my first solo record in 2013, but I started writing it around 2011. You're doing this independent. How much of that has changed over the years? Is being independent already easier now with all the avenues yeah. of getting your music out there? Yeah, absolutely. He who wants it the most can get it. Not that I wouldn't love to be on a major label, but I'm not. And social media has allowed me to reach the people I want to reach as long as I put the work in and do it. I think it's harder in some aspects, but I own more of my music. I own more of my publishing. I don't have to sell as many songs to make good money. There's good parts and bad parts about it, but yes, these days, it's much easier to be an independent artist. You kind of skipped over in Canada. Did you go to Tim Hortons? Oh my God, every day, like yeah. 10 times. Isn't I that mean, the best? It's it's stupid good. It's so good. I was doing these long drives. I mean, when I was in uh, the Maritimes, like Nova Scotia, Sydney, all the way on the Atlantic coast of Canada, every drive between radio stations was five or six hours. So Tim Hortons, if there's a four-way stop, there's a Tim Hortons on every corner. No doubt about it. So you just you better start getting used to it and liking it because that's what it's going to be. That's the thing that caught me off guard because the Canadian IHOP is a trap. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tourist trap. It, it's true. You, you could spend a hundred dollars on two omelets and it's be like, "Wait, true. what happened?" What? This is IHOP, right? <laughs> I thought they were messing with me. I walked in there; they're playing Wagon Wheel on the speaker system, and it's like, "Do they know? Are they making fun of me?" <laughs> but driving around, like that's the the thing I find interesting about the indie lifestyle. What do you say you do more, flying or driving? Right now, much more driving. Much, much more. Uh, I've got like six hours to drive today, but that's fine. I get to see the country through the front window of the car. It's amazing. If people haven't driven this country, they're missing out. You got a license. It's your right to be on the road. Go see the country. It's unreal. What's the longest you've done in a single shot? I used to play here a lot at Old Town Tavern when I was a much younger lad, but we would start in Arizona and drive straight to Baltimore to do our touring. So that's 47 hours. Whoa. We did that like 17 times in, in a couple of years. 47, 48 hours. I think one of them took like 56 because we had a couple flat tires. But, you know, I had six guys in the van and we all took eight-hour shifts of mm. driving, you know. The worst part is what happens to your gut with nine pounds of beef jerky. Oh, you know, yeah. That's, that's really the only bad part. <laughs> so what are you doing behind the wheel? Are you writing songs in your head? Do you listen to podcasts, music? Right now, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. Joe Rogan, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, but I highly recommend it. And actually, the Dangerous Darren podcast is a really good one, too. I used to do books on tape, but I would get bored. My ADD just, it needs multiple (laughs) forms of stimulation. So podcasts seem to do that for me. Just want to wrap up on you being local. So you said you used to play at Old Town. Where are some of the places? I know that, did you say that you were at Cellar Door the other night? I was there last night. Yeah, I went to do the open mic last night. And everybody there speaks very highly of this station, I should tell you. In Maryland, I used to live in Parkville. So like we'd do record theater a lot. The Barn, Ram's Head Live. We used to go to Annapolis a lot. Man, we'd play so many little 
podunk bars down on the bay and stuff. And we had so much fun, man, playing like crab fest and stuff like that, crab yes. boils. I do miss that. It was a lot of fun out here. I think you're probably the first guest I've had that knows of Old Bay then. Oh, yeah. Heck, man, I got Old Bay in my, yeah. It's a must-have in any kitchen. Perfect. <laughs> Goes on fries well. Oh, on anything. <laughs> right? anything. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks the album is me. My Side of the Story. You should definitely check it out. People can probably get it on your website. Absolutely. Any of my social media avenues will be Ryan Sims Band. You can download or stream my music anywhere that digital music is sold or streamed. Bandcamp. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> 2018, let's go to the Bandcamp. <laughs> Thank you so much for your Thanks time. Thanks for having me, brother.